Jenna Ellis in the morning on American Family Radio. One of the president's ride-or-die defenders is legal advisor Jenna Ellis. It's such a political prosecution and a political persecution. Quote. This to me is a clear violation of the Fourth Amendment. It's revisionist originalism. Tolerance just isn't a two-way street with the Democrats. And I think that tells you all we need to know. Newsmax contributor and former legal counsel to President Trump. Jenna Ellis. Well, good morning on this Monday morning. And if you were watching the news over the weekend, uh, we were tracking a Chinese spy balloon the entire weekend, which is not what I had on my 2023 bingo card for February. But here we are uh, to see that China had a literally a trial balloon that uh, invaded the United States airspace and traversed the entire length of the continental U.S. before finally being shot down by the uh, United States military uh, when it was over the Atlantic. And now we are awaiting any word that any of the wreckage has been recovered. But reports are now saying that Biden knew about the Chinese balloon an entire week before he took action and importantly, well before he decided to inform the American people. So there are a lot of unanswered questions about this. And Senator Eric Schmidt was on uh, Fox in the morning on a Sunday morning, and this is what he had to say. This is clip two. The reality is they could have shot this thing down well before it was over Montana. I mean, they could have shot this thing down before it hit the, you know, the coast of Alaska. And I think that Joe Biden, they got called out on it. An amateur photographer spotted it. Yes. And then they had to explain all of this. And by the way, withheld and still are withholding a lot of really important information that the American people deserve to know. I mean, look, this is an administration that has completely abandoned our southern border. We have an open border. Uh, at our southern border. And now our airspace is not secure because of the incompetence of this administration, which is why we need a full investigation. This is really serious stuff. And, uh, you know, it's time that we start putting America's interests first. So that was Senator Eric Schmidt yesterday on uh, Fox News. And our border isn't secure. There is a lot of unanswered questions. And uh, Senator Schmidt will join us later in the program. So definitely stay tuned. But I want to get to my first guest on the southern border, who is my good friend, Don Huffines. He ran for governor out of the great state of Texas and has a great plan with the Huffines Liberty Foundation to secure the border and has been a great advocate for uh, Texas and for making sure that we get back to uh, what Republicans and what conservatives actually need to be doing. So uh, good morning, Don. Thanks for joining. Oh, good morning, Jenna. It's great to be on your show. Yeah, I always love our conversations. I end up learning so much from you on a wide variety of topics. And, you know, talking about the border is uh, one of my favorite issues to talk to you about because uh, you actually have a great plan that is fully constitutional that um, I don't know why Governor Abbott and uh, other Republicans across uh, the southern border aren't implementing. So describe uh, what this is and why the Uh, states do not have to wait for the federal government and for the inept Biden administration to act? Certainly. Well, at first I start with the question, is Mexico our enemy? Who are, what country is doing more damage to the United States right now and historically than any country of the world? And it's Mexico. There's unquestionably we are being invaded. 
millions of illegals are pouring across the border and hundreds of thousands a month. Any way you define it, this is an invasion. And they're from over 160 different countries in the last 12 months. The border is controlled by the, the most dangerous criminal organizations in the world, the Mexican cartels. These folks are just as incredibly evil as we can imagine, raping, murdering, sex trafficking, pouring fentanyl across our, our border. They've been smuggling drugs into this country for decades. This is an invasion, and our, and our founders of our country clearly uh, came up with, with Article 1, Section 10 to give states the authority to repel an invasion if the federal government was not going to come to their aid. Just think about this real quick. If if France invaded North Carolina and the federal government never came to, to help North Carolina repel the invasion, of course, North Carolina would have the authority to do whatever it needs to do. And that's the same thing as what Article 1, Section 10 of the U.S. Constitution allows a state to impose a tariff, to raise an army, to negotiate a treaty, to do whatever it needs to do. And that's what Texas could do today. And it's what the Governor Abbott should have done years ago. The border of Texas is less secure now than it's ever been. And Texas is spending billions of dollars of Texas taxpayers' money in Operation Lone Star to try to secure the border, and they're not successful. The only chance we have of securing that border is with a courageous governor of Texas. The federal government's never secured the border, and the federal government never will secure the border. Trump did a pretty good job of it, Jenna, and when he threatened a tariff on Mexico. If you remember, he did that, and, to, and Mexico responded. Mexico is 100% responsible for the disaster at that border right now. We need to hold them accountable. My whole plan is about holding Mexico accountable economically. We can stop every vehicle that comes across that border. Texas can, every, every truck. We can search every airplane that lands into Texas airspace, and we can take a week to search those airplanes. We can destroy their number one industry, which is tourism, with a great marketing campaign, campaign showing all the tourists that are murdered and raped in Cancun. We need to make sure Mexico secures their side of the river because we will never have a secure border if they don't. And I'm talking with uh, Don Huffines, who you can find at donhuffines.com. And he is uh, the leader of the Texas First Movement, for former Texas state senator, and uh, president of the Huffines Liberty Foundation, where you can see all the details of this great plan. And uh, Don, you, you mentioned Article 1, Section 10, and that states that no state shall, without the consent of Congress, lay any duty of tonnage, keep troops or ships of war in a time of peace, enter to any into any agreement or compact with another state or with a foreign power or engage in war, comma, unless, and this is the important piece that you were talking about, unless actually invaded or in such imminent danger as will not admit of delay. So I don't think anyone can argue with the fact that this is an actual invasion and that is plain language. And Yet, we have governors like Governor Abbott, who is a Republican, 
who has this constitutional authority, yet when Joe Biden visited the border, all that Greg Abbott could do was hand him a strongly worded letter rather than exercise his constitutional authority to secure the border in the way that the Constitution provides for. Why are states not reclaiming their sovereignty and specifically Texas? The only thing I can really contemplate on that issue on that question i've been asked it so many times and they and tucker actually asked it for uh, to abbott directly on and they just don't have the political courage jenna politicians career politicians like abbott they just don't have the courage to stay to get out in front and lead the charge but that's what they've got to do he's they've got a constant not just an authority to do they've got an obligation to stop this invasion to repel an invasion they are the commander in chief of the texas military and our military is very robust in texas we have over 20,000 troops in our military this is the the national guard and they're very capable the state of texas can call in uh, enter into compacts with other states and and bring their military down to secure the border we do not need to wait on the federal government you can obviously the federal government's never going to secure the border this is a state issue it's very legal and it's very possible it just takes courage so do we have to wait specifically on the governor or in your view could the state legislature uh, get together and require through legislation which obviously would have to be signed by the governor unless they had a veto override but could the legislature initiate something like this uh, like declare that there is an actual invasion and provide a remedy that the governor would be required to enforce it's not likely that would ever happen. I mean, the governor's just got too much authority. The Republicans control everything in Austin, and they have for over 20 years. The House, the Senate, the governor's seat, and all elected statewide positions. For them to buck a governor would be a Republican governor would be very difficult. I'm a Republican, as you know, and but I'm, I'm also a, a liberty lover. And, and right now, the most dangerous thing to our liberty is happening on the border uh, for the United States and for Texas. And Texas has spent billions and tens of billions of dollars on this issue for decades. We have 500,000 illegals in our school system, and we spend five to six billion dollars every year educating them just as an example of how much it costs Texas taxpayers. And yet we never had the leadership in Austin to really tackle this issue and do something about it. And I'm talking with former state senator Don Huffines, who also ran for governor out of the great state of Texas. Uh, And this is why, friends, if you are listening from Texas and you're upset about the invasion that's happening on the border, the weak Republican leadership, this is why primaries matter. Uh, Because so many people, I was on the ground uh, in Texas actually helping um, with Don Huffines campaign in the primary. And of course, the election came down to the primary. And there were a lot of people uh, in Texas if they were knowledgeable about what was going on and the failures of Greg Abbott that supported Don Huffine, supported other candidates. But this is uh, why primaries really matter and why it's important to engage in primaries. And um, so, Don, in in the last few minutes that I have with you, um, what is the hope then when we have this type of weak Republican leadership? It's been going on for 20 years. I mean, I used to think of Texas as kind of the, the, the... 
Florida previously that was so red and this was, you know, kind of the beacon state. A lot of conservatives were moving to to Texas. But we're seeing a lot of these problems uh, surface when you have a comparison finally to an actually a conservative and a real Republican governor uh, like a Ron DeSantis out of the state of Florida. So what is the hope moving forward and what is the Huffines Liberty Foundation doing in terms of policy uh, to to move the needle and to help really save Texas? Well, Jenna, we're working hard at Huffines Liberty Foundation to to bring attention to issues. But specifically, it's not the issues, it's the solution. It's the solutions, and that's what we're, I'm focused on, and that's what our foundation's focused on. It's a C3, and, and most, found, most think tanks and things talk about the problems, but they never talk about the solutions, and that's what we're, we're dealing with. And in Texas, we have some of the highest property tax in the nation, so we're focused on that and how we can eliminate that. We have our Liberty Budget Plan out there, which really – is, is a great plan to not spend all of our money. You know, if you want to eliminate government, you got to choke off their money. And uh, we've got a great plan for education, freedom, school choice, and of course, securing the border. Securing the border is the number one issue. And it's very achievable, very doable. And what we must do, as I said earlier, is hold a Mexico accountable. Mexico can secure the border anytime they want. They've got a robust military, they've got a big military. And, if, and there's a lot of people in Mexico that want to make money. And when we shut those trucks down and we shut those airplanes down and we choke off their economy, believe me, we will have a secure border down there. It's as simple as that. But Huffines Liberty Foundation, you can find us at HuffinesLiberty.com. And we've got great white papers out. Some of these are more specific to the great state of Texas, but uh, they can be applied across the board to other states also. Which is great. And, uh, and Don Huffines, you did a lot of great work as well in Arizona with uh, former gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake and others. And you know, a lot of this, as you mentioned, is about solutions, not just about identifying the problem. Uh, one of my uh, great mentors uh, going into more of the policy realm used to tell me that same thing, that, that as conservatives, we're very quick to point out the problems, but we need to be uh, just as quick to point out the solutions. And he said, never address something in policy that you're pointing out a problem unless you actively have a solution. And one of the things that I love about what you are doing in the great state of Texas is that you have these solutions. And a lot of people are listening today from the great state of Texas and also elsewhere. And so I would really encourage you to go to HuffinesLiberty.com, go to DonHuffines.com, uh, talk to your state legislatures um, and you know across not just in Texas about all of these great policy solutions. Get engaged and make sure that you are moving the needle. So Don Huffines, thank you so much. Um, always really appreciate it when you join. And we will be right back with more of Jenna Ellis in the morning. In this new world, on this new day, we rejoice that Roe versus Wade has been overturned. Preborn has been preparing for this moment for the past 16 years by positioning their clinics in the top six abortion states where 50% of abortions occur. Sadly, five of these six states will continue to abort babies at an even greater level. And since the abortion pill accounts for over 50% of abortions, babies are even more at risk. 
Preborn pregnancy clinics are completely dependent on you as they offer life-saving ultrasounds and the life-saving gospel to moms and babies in crisis. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. To learn how you can be a part of rescuing babies' lives and sharing the heart of Jesus, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Tina Smith, Senator from Minnesota. She is the state's junior senator and has served in office since 2018. Philippians 2.15 reminds us of the qualities of a good leader, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. With this in mind, would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to guide Senator Tina Smith as she represents the people of Minnesota. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. You can add bird watching to the latest list of all things racist and symbolic of white supremacy. The Washington Post published an expansive report on the racist legacy of the Audubon Society and the birding community at large. They say some birds are named after former slave owners and white supremacists. Corinna Newsom is a black ornithologist, and her life's mission is to break down racial barriers and defeat racism in the birding community. The National Audubon Society is also facing the wrath of the cancel culture crowd ruffling feathers because the founder owned slaves. John James Audubon has been dead for 170 years, so it's unclear why this has suddenly become an issue. Miss Newsom says she was troubled because she once had to wear a work shirt that bore Audubon's name. You know, it sounds to me like the Audubon Society is dealing with an infestation of dodo birds, loons, and bird brains. I'm Todd Stearns. Welcome back to Jenna Ellis in the Morning on American Family Radio. Well, if you were like uh, most Christians and conservatives <laughs> and anything uh, normal now in this country, I think I think that should be the slogan, by the way, for uh, 2024 is Make America Normal Again. Um, I would love to see that. Uh, but if you were like most Christians last night, you probably didn't even know that the Grammys uh, were on television. I ignore most of the award shows now. Uh, They are completely pointless. Uh, But it's always good to just see what exactly is going on and the uh, positioning of the left that is so open with their agenda, it is frankly disturbing. Uh, Last night at the Grammys, there were overtly satanic 
vibes and themes with the performance of a song called Unholy that was performed by a debauched gay man and also his uh, co-artist was um, at least to what I could gather was a gender queer individual that uh, decided to give credit to being uh, one of the first openly uh, queer people to have this type of um, openly satanic worship. And if you saw the theme of this song called Unholy, but then also uh, what the a lot of the people there were dressed on the red carpet with these very overtly uh, red and blood looking outfits, um, then you start to see how the abortion topic and the satanic worship is not just an undercurrent anymore in society. It is being overtly pushed and recognized by the far left. Um, if you go and look at any of the videos on Twitter, this basically looks like a, a satanic burlesque dance. And it was um, so gross. And I was looking at one of the clips of this and then it went to a commercial break and it said, you know, Grammys on CBS, whatever, immediately brought to you by Pfizer. So I think that now we know where they got their inspiration for the blood clot uh, couture. So uh, joining me now to talk about this and also another story um, that came up just a couple of weeks ago that a Democrat lawmaker wants to outlaw church youth groups and Bible studies advancing again that satanic agenda because uh, anything goes in this country other than God is my good friend Todd Starnes who normally you just hear on the break but uh, now he's actually on the show. Uh, Todd thanks so much for joining me. Good morning, Jenna. And I would, I would, you know, instead of listening to the Grammys, I would rather get the clot shot and get stuck in rush hour traffic with Whoopi Goldberg and the cast of The View in my back seat. <laughs> well, I, I think that tells you all that we need to know. And I, I would agree with that. I mean, it was just so completely bizarre, frankly. And, uh, you know, what, what do you make of how much the left is just openly pushing this, that they're not even hiding it anymore. I mean, they're openly worshiping Satan in one of what they think is the most popular and important events of Hollywood. You know, and and bizarre, it's, it's really interesting the definition of bizarre, because we thought bizarre was when uh, Lady Gaga showed up at the awards wearing a meat dress. So this is how far down the rung we've, we've gone here. And it reminds me several years ago, uh, Jenna, when I was living in New York City, they were having one of these big music awards, and it was the year that Miley Cyrus uh, committed an act of public debauchery and was celebrated for that. And at the same time, our good friend Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty uh, was under attack because he dared say that marriage is between one man and one woman. And that actually led to the opening sentence of a book I wrote many years ago called Godless America. And the opening sentence said, you know, I feel like I'm a Duck Dynasty guy living in a Miley Cyrus world where right is wrong, wrong is right. It's as if our values have been turned upside down, and now they're teaching the kids to worship Satan. That's so well said. I'm talking to my good friend Todd Starnes, who is the host of the Todd Starnes Show, and also the Toddcast, which is on the uh, Salem Podcast Network, where my show, The Jenna Ellis Show, is also on. You can catch that daily. And 
Todd, this is why, though, it's important as Christians that we still understand and keep a a thumb on the pulse of what's happening in pop culture. Because I remember even as a homeschool student growing up, growing up in church, you know, my family uh, and my parents did everything right, of course. And yet I still, you know, and this is back in the 90s, you know, being a 90s kid, I still had influences from you know, whether it was magazines in the doctor's office or what my friends were um, encouraging me to listen to in music or just other things. that, And that was even before smartphones. And so it's important that parents understand and don't just dismiss, well, you know, this is pop culture. This is gross. We didn't watch the Grammys. So therefore, my child is insulated. Uh, what would you say to parents in in terms of how they can help their children understand what's going on and actually stay away from being influenced by the Miley Cyrus type of era. And, well, a big part of this is actually engaging in the culture and knowing what's happening in the culture. And and that means you need to be aware. You know, you can't be isolated in a bubble because sooner or later, the little little Billy or little, little Susie is going to move out of the bubble and go on to college and go go on to having a career outside of the home. So so you've got to be able to prepare your child to live live and engage in the culture. And that, that means they need to be rooted in, in their belief system. And that's the, probably the foremost role of mom and dad is to, to help that child understand what it means to be a follower of Christ and how do you live out your faith in a hostile culture because it is hostile and thank goodness for American Family Radio uh, because this is a vehicle where moms and dads can learn about the culture they can learn about what's going on without having to you know watch the view or the Grammy Awards Unless they want to drive with you and Whoopi Goldberg, you know, which <laughs> I'm not sure anyone uh, would want would want to do and uh, take you up on that. Uh, but but I think you're so correct, Todd Starnes, that it's so important for parents to not just completely shield their children from what's going on in culture, but learning how to navigate that and how to be in the world, but not of the world, as the Apostle Paul uh, writes in the New Testament, that we do have to engage the culture and we have to, um, while we still have children at home, help them engage and navigate that battle so that when they get out in the world, they're not just suddenly surprised or overwhelmed by what they see. And this turns to the to the second topic that you actually wrote about on uh, ToddSterns.com, and uh, this is the importance of church, and yet now a Democrat lawmaker wants to outlaw church youth groups and Bible studies. And so you write, for the first time in American history, legislation has been introduced that would make it a crime to invite a child to a Bible study or church youth group. This comes from far left Nebraska state Senator uh, Megan Hunt, who of course is a Democrat. And she put forth a radical amendment as a reaction to Republicans wanting to protect children from all ages drag shows. I mean, this is becoming Todd Starnes, a, a, an absolute all out battle for our children's minds and hearts and what they engage in. So I think this is completely um, not only unconstitutional, but it's also completely terrifying. Oh, absolutely. And it would also 
ban anyone under 21 years old from communion that includes wine. So now I'm a, I'm a teetotaling Southern Baptist, so we get the cheap grape juice, so I'm safe there. But if you're Episcopalian or, or Methodist, you could be, you know, in hot water, too. Uh, this is the, the, the state senator said she was doing this to make a point. And her argument was that more people have been attacked or assaulted in a church than they have at a drag show. I would refute that evidence, and I would also suggest that they look at what's happening in our public school system. But that aside, it is incredibly disturbing to know that there is anyone out there in an elected leadership position that would advocate the you know the the um, the criminalization of Christianity in America, and that's what she did, whether she meant to or not. And I think she did. She's criminalizing Christianity, and this should not be a surprise, Jenna. As as we have seen throughout history, uh, there have been efforts to attack, chip away at our first freedom, which is freedom of religion. And when they do that, every other one of our freedoms comes under attack. And, and we are looking at an, a full-scale assault on our freedoms of, as American citizens right now. Yeah, and this reminds me so much of uh, the red flag laws and other things that are being passed around the country. And those are being passed, unfortunately. I've never met a red flag law that I thought was constitutionally sound. Because what this is doing and this justification for this ban, as you mentioned, is just saying because abuse can happen and there are documented instances within churches that... All churches suddenly are suspect, and we are going to make uh, the Christians prove that they're not child abusers before they get to exercise this type of right. But this goes even further, Todd, where they're just outlawing it completely. It's not even like you have to prove that you are not committing abuse in the context of the church and get some kind of permit from the government. I mean, this is just an all-out ban. Similarly to uh, what a lot of uh, the Democrats are trying to do in New York and California and other places to just say, sorry, you can't exercise your freedoms at all, even if you prove that somehow uh, you are justified by whatever metric the state wants to impose. So how how difficult is this legally? Well, it, there would be, a, a, I mean, this is clearly unconstitutional, what the, the senator is proposing here. Uh, but you never know. I mean, you have a lot of activist judges out there. And keep in mind, with every generation, the judges, the judiciary continues to get more extreme. So you could find yourself one day, maybe 5, 10, 20 years down the road, where a judge would consider this as being something viable. I'll give you an example. Right now in the Southern Baptist Convention, all those churches in the Southern Baptist Convention are autonomous. And yet there is a movement afoot within the convention to make every single church responsible for an act of sexual assault. So if something happens at a big mega church, your teeny tiny little Baptist church in Alabama could be held accountable. So this is, this is the same mindset that's coming from the left. Jenna, remember a couple of, I think it was last year, they had the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, and they sang that song, We're Coming for Your Children, and it caught so much blowback that they said, oh, no, 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 this is parody. No, I don't believe it was parody. I truly do believe these radical activists are coming for the children, and now they're doing it through these drag queen shows at public libraries at schools and even in nightclubs now. It's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. 
It is. And I'm talking with Todd Starnes, who, of course, is the host of The Todd Starnes Show. And you hear him uh, right here on American Family Radio. I get to hear you in your updates every day, uh, every morning during the break. And, Todd, I think you're absolutely right that the left is using every pretext imaginable to try to excise God out of society and especially out of our children's lives. And, you know, you and I at the beginning of 2020 um, talked on your radio show, and I was then working for uh, President Trump's campaign the 2020 re-election campaign. And in the context of COVID, you were one of the first people to point out that the government was going to use COVID as a pretext to try to shut down churches and try to go at such extreme lengths. And if the judiciary would get on board and they could find these activist judges that you mentioned, they were going to try to take it a long way. And, And initially, I didn't see that. And I... I still remember our conversation because you were raising those warning flags and it wasn't until a little bit further down the road we saw that come to fruition. And cases like this one as well uh, are, are things that I think parents need to very carefully consider, understand what's going on in their states. I mean, if you live in Nebraska, contact your state legislatures and 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 ask them, uh, the legislators, what they're doing about this. What's their position on this? Because the incrementalism of the left and the pretext that they always use to exploit the law to their advantage is not going to stop. And so as, as you look forward into 2023 and beyond, what is your prediction for the scope of how this battle is going to end because we are in such a polarized society. Is there hope that we will still protect and preserve our rights and actually win over the radical left in some of these issues? Well, I, I'm always a hopeful person uh, because, you know, I put my hope in, in Christ and, and not Capitol Hill. But at the same time, that doesn't mean we're not going to go through some difficult times. And I think we're going through some difficult times that are going to get even more difficult. And and I say that because we failed that test during the China virus pandemic. The government knows we will shut down our church houses. Uh, we will gladly do that. And there will not be a repercussion. And I'm concerned that they will use that as a pretext down the road to, to again, shut down the, the churches. And, and that is of grave concern. And the other part of it is the body of Christ as a whole, where you have a mega church like Andy Stanley now advocating and opening the door for uh, homosexuality and the acceptance of that in the church itself. Those are things that are concerning, because now you have pastors saying they know better than God, and they're rewriting, they're rewriting Holy Scripture. So we've got to pay attention to what's going on out there. Uh, it's going to get it's going to get bunk B, but I believe that if we stand together and push back, and we do so as ambassadors for Christ, we're going to make a difference. Well, Todd Starnes, you are making a difference daily by bringing these issues to our attention. So thank you so much for your voice and for consistently and courageously uh, pointing to God and to truth. And uh, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Always great to hear from you. You can listen to the Todd Starnes Show, also the Toddcast on the Salem Podcast Network. Go to toddstarnes.com. We'll be right back with more of Jenna Ellis in the morning.
Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk. Christian parents are on the hook today because they have to identify the threats to the value system uh, that's being taught to their children in public schools. And their job is to protect their kids from these influences. Tune in for Family Talk with Dr. James Dobson. Weekdays at 6.30 a.m. and 9.30 p.m. on American Family Radio. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to our program. God's blessings to you all. You don't have to wait until you die to go to heaven to experience God's blessing. Everyone can have an extraordinary life right now. This week on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress begins a new series based on the life of Elijah. It's called Choosing the Extraordinary Life, God's Seven Secrets for Success and Significance. Join us for the start of a new study all this week on Pathway to Victory. Weekday mornings at 6 Central on American Family Radio. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away. For truth is stumbled in the street and uprightness cannot enter. My name is Abraham Hamilton III and this is the Hamilton Minute. An important yet under-addressed fact in the Biden classified document scandal is that the Department of Justice entered into an agreement with Mr. Biden's personal attorneys dating back to November 2nd, 2022, concerning the search for and handling of the illegally possessed classified documents. This executive collaboration helps to explain why the illegal possession of the documents initially discovered prior to the 2022 midterm elections was kept from the American people for nearly three months. They spent that time to develop and implement their coordinated PR rollout. Lawlessness abounds where truth is rejected. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Director of the AFA Foundation, Riley Wildman. I've traveled a lot. I've met with people from all over the country. Riley has served as the director of the AFA Foundation for over a decade. The most rewarding thing about my job is that we get to build relationships through our donors and our supporters and get to have that personal relationship with them. Contact the AFA Foundation today to learn how you can shore up permanent income for your retirement years while supporting the culture-transforming work of the American Family Association. A charitable gift annuity benefits you and helps ensure the AFA will impact America for generations to come. Call 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. The AFA Foundation, the Financial Stewardship Division of the American Family Association. Welcome back to Jenna Ellis in the Morning on American Family Radio. Well, the top story over the weekend, of course, was this Chinese spy balloon that traversed the entire length of the continental United States and was finally shot down by the U.S. military over the Atlantic. But so many questions remain unanswered. China, of course, said that this was just a weather balloon and they were gathering intel. And uh, we know that that's probably not accurate. Don't trust uh, the Chinese Communist Party and their government to give us correct information. But we also don't trust our own government to give us correct information. And we know that Joe Biden withheld even the existence 
of this Chinese spy balloon from the American people until uh, people were actually spotting this balloon. And then questions uh, surrounding what was going on were asked to the Pentagon uh, by reporters. This is why Freedom of the Press matters. And this is initially what the Pentagon had to say in response to the Chinese spy balloon. This is cut one. Uh, You said that this is uh, violating our airspace. So why not take it down? Yeah, so, uh, you know, clearly as we assess options um, and considering the, the size of the payload on this, uh, looking at the potential for debris uh, and the impact on civilians on the ground or property damage, again, uh, running through the, the various factors and looking at uh, in terms of does it pose a potential risk uh, to people while in the air, and right now, as I mentioned, we, we assess that it does not pose a risk to people on the ground as it currently is traversing the continental United States. And so out of an abundance of caution, uh, cognizant of the potential impact to civilians on the ground uh, from a debris field, uh, right now we're going to continue to monitor and review options. So that was the Pentagon spokesperson saying, you know, we've assessed the situation and we would rather allow China to gain a lot of intel than uh, take this out. And the questions remain, why wasn't this shot down uh, over the Pacific before it was even allowed to traverse the length of the United States? So one American in uh, Congress and in the U.S. Senate is actually very concerned about this and is thankfully asking these questions to the Biden administration. This is my good friend, Senator Eric Schmidt, who was formerly the Attorney General of Missouri, has been asking a lot of really good questions to the government and so grateful now that you are in the United States Senate, my friend, and you are calling for an investigation and demanding answers from the Biden administration. Uh, How likely is it that we're going to get any answers? Um, Well, first of all, it's great to be back with you, Jenna, in my new role. Uh, I appreciate you uh, having me on. And I'm hopeful. I mean, look, um, you know, there's a lot of noise out there in, in politics, it, it seems like. Uh, but this is, I mean, it's almost too far-fetched uh, that we're, you know, we're talking about this. A Chinese spy balloon, you know, I repeat, a Chinese spy balloon went across the entirety of the continental United States. And oh, by the way, just happened um, to be floating over and hovering over critical military installations like nuclear missile silos in the Dakotas. In my home state of Missouri, Whiteman Air Force Base, which is where the B-2 stealth bomber uh, is, is located, Scott Air Force Base near St. Louis, the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency in the St. Louis region, uh, and a bunch of different military installations along the way. I mean, this is not a coincidence. This was clearly a move by China, a brazen move. And not only, Jenna, I think one of the important points that is being overlooked here is it's not just the critical intelligence that they're gathering on the ground or attempting to do, it's what they're gathering from Joe Biden and how he makes decisions and his responsiveness, um, how he handles something like this. I mean, this really is unprecedented. I mean, I don't think anybody's aware of something like this happening before traveling over the entirety of the United States of America. And that clip that you just played presents a false choice, which is, you know, do you blow this thing up over a major city? Well, that's not the choice. I mean, There's a couple of questions that need to be answered. Like, did they know it was on its way when it was at the Aleutian Islands in Alaska? If they didn't, that's a problem. 
Uh, and if they did, that's the time to shoot this thing down, right, before it gets into the continental United States. So there's a lot of questions, which is why I've called uh, for an investigation. I'm a member of the Armed Services Committee. I think this is uh, important. And I would hope that there will be a bunch of people, Republican and Democrat, who would want to know this. This is an issue of national security and I think really important. I'm talking with uh, United States Senator Eric Schmidt from the great state of Missouri. And do you expect that there will be transparency at all from the Biden administration as and the military and the Department of Defense as to what actually happened? Because there are so many unanswered questions. And right now, uh, the administration is suggesting that uh, even though the balloon and, you know, and I didn't I didn't have Chinese spy balloon on my bingo card for uh, this weekend. You know, I mean, it is such a ridiculous story, uh, but they're suggesting that, you know, yeah, we let it traverse but we shot it down before it was able to transmit any information back. So totally fine, guys. Yeah, I mean, this thing was at least set up to be transmitting uh, information all along the way. Now, maybe they were, there was something that was happening along the way, but those are the kinds of things that we need to know, and it's perfectly appropriate. In fact, our constitutional duty as the Article I branch to oversee the executive branch here, the Department of Defense, which is why I wrote that day on Thursday, uh, I believe it was Thursday, to Secretary Austin saying, hey, uh, we want a briefing. Uh, we're demanding an investigation here. This cannot, this can't be something that happens. And I think it's also important Jim, to put this in broader context. <clears throat> Not only were the Chinese testing Joe Biden with this trial balloon, um, the world was watching. Our friends and our foes alike were watching this. How does the United States act when something like this happens? And for a week, literally a week now, this uh, Chinese asset was traversing across U.S. airspace. And, you know, people are watching this round-the-clock coverage, and it projects weakness. That's number one. Number two, it comes on the heels of a disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, which, of course, sends a message to other world leaders. We left, you know, servicemen died, and billions, tens of billions of dollars of equip- equipment were left behind. And then you also have a president that has willfully abdicated his responsibility from defending our southern border. I mean, we have a porous open border. So you have now a a, a sovereign country who is completely abandoned its southern border and then, you know, allowing Chinese asset over U.S. airspace. This is not good and why, you know, warrants an investigation. And the president of the United States actually should be addressing the American people directly. I know he's going to try with his State of the Union on Tuesday try to distract and talk about and try to make people who are really struggling, middle-class families, poor folks in this country who are dealing with inflation, trying to make them feel better and paint a rosy picture. But this just add this on to the concerns the American people have about this administration, which has been incompetent. And so, Senator Schmidt, uh, with your investigation and even uh, with what you acknowledge is going on now, which is a dereliction of duty, do you believe that from what we know now or what your investigation may yield, this is an impeachable offense? I mean, it could be. I mean, I think we need to know when did he know and what did he know and when did he know it? There's a lot of things. But um, that, that, again, this is what investigations are for, right? This is why. I'm glad, you know, the House has a majority. We're not in the majority in the Senate. The House has a majority. I mean, as AG, you know, some of the things that you and I talked about, it was me as AG in Missouri that filed that lawsuit that busted open this, you know, collusion between big government and big tech, a ministry of truth, literally the government outsourcing its censorship. Um, It's, by the way, one of the really important reforms that need to happen to make sure individual bureaucrats can actually be fired, right? Not just affecting their budgets, but you're able to go after 
individual bureaucrats who are breaking the law. And there could be other legal consequences of that, too. It's why it's important for the administrative state there to be a reckoning. We need to dismantle the administrative state. These people have gotten way too powerful in a country that believes in self-government, where you can send people there and send people home. Nobody knows who the deputy undersecretary of the alphabet agency is, and they're not accountable. So all of this together is why these investigations are important. I'm glad the House is moving forward. They've got an investigation. You know, they've subpoenaed Christopher Ray on, you know, going after parents showing up to school board meetings, uh, you know, as domestic terrorists. I mean, this stuff is nuts. And so you just add this on it, and I think this is a very important part of our job. It doesn't mean we shouldn't move an agenda that helps working families. We should absolutely do that. But people need to be held accountable in the United States of America, and I think that's one of the important roles of this investigation and others. It's so well said, and, and I, I think everyone listening and anyone who cares about this country would agree with you. And you mentioned, Senator Schmidt, that um, that unfortunately the, the Senate still is the minority, um, but you are working with a Republican majority in the House now, and a lot of focus from the media and from conservatives have been on the House and Speaker McCarthy. Uh, but what can you tell us about what's going on in the Senate beyond these investigations, uh, but from the Republicans there that are trying to move that agenda? Well, I think the first thing to note is um, the Senate, there hasn't been a lot going on in the Senate. And I, that's not necessarily a bad thing with Chuck Schumer in charge. So like, <laughs> there's worse things in the world than Chuck Schumer move, trying to move a, a radical agenda in the Senate. And so I think what's probably happening right now is um, the House is moving forward with some, some great pieces of legislation. And then those things are going to move over to the Senate. And we're going to have big, important debates. But here's the thing. There are some things that are happening, like this goofy uh, ESG rule, right, which, you know, for your listeners, I know they're familiar with this, but this is a very radical proposal that undermines the very tenets of capitalism, meaning that, like, your pension fund, you've worked hard your whole life. The job of that pension fund and the people who manage it is to get the best return for you, right, because you've, you've worked hard for that. Not so these, you know, money managers can virtue signal and cut off, you know, energy production by not investing in, you know, oil and gas or agriculture. I mean, I, as AG, we launched an investigation into something called the, uh, the Net Zero Banking Alliance, which is six of the biggest banks in the country who want to eliminate or basically have a carbon neutral footprint in, in, by 2050. Well, what does that mean? It means they start denying loans to farmers who have diesel vehicles on their property. I mean, this stuff is crazy. So we're moving forward with a, you know, a, um, a CRA there to pull that back. And Joe Manchin signed on. And so I think one of the things we should be doing is moving an agenda that has overwhelming support and put these Democrats, particularly in these tough states, on the line to vote for this stuff because it's the right thing to do. So there's, there's plenty of things that we can do on opening up energy production. There's legislation. You know, we need to control spending uh, and we need to take on the administrative state. And we need to be unafraid to go do that present that case to the American people, win in Congress, and then that's the kind of stuff you can run on that people want us to be working on. And so I'm excited about that opportunity. I'm certainly going to bring that same fighting spirit I've had as AG to the Senate, and uh, we're just getting started here. Well, Senator Eric Schmidt, you have done such a great job fighting for the American people, and um, I am so thankful that you brought this lawsuit uh, when you were Attorney General of Missouri to hold uh, the Biden administration accountable for this kind of collusion uh, with big tech. Are you still um, actively monitoring that lawsuit, and can you tell us anything um, about that specifically? 
Yeah, I, w- I think that's the last time I was on your show, Jenna. We were talking about this, and since then we took the deposition of Anthony Fauci, who, among other things, in addition to asking the court reporter to wear a mask because she sneezed. I'm not making this up. Um, <laughs> wow. It's, it's just crazy. Um, you know, essentially had no good answer for the origins of COVID. The most likely theory, of course, it's uh, from the Wuhan lab that, that NIH money was going to. I mean, that is something that people, that, which is why they were so quick to dismiss it. He, you know, emailed a friend saying masks are worthless, essentially, and then did an about face uh, in, in 2020. So there's a lot of things that came from that depot, the Elvis Chan, the FBI depot, where he, had, you know, admitted they were having monthly and weekly meetings with big tech companies. You had the chief information officer from Twitter saying basically that they were saying that the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation when they knew when they had the, the laptop in their possession in 2019. So there's a lot that came out of that that moves this case forward. But one of the things I'm excited about, I was just appointed to the, the Senate Commerce Committee. The Commerce Committee has oversight and be dealing with some of these big tech issues. And so I do think there's some important things we can do to expose this, make sure this never happens again. The idea that the American people have to be concerned about a ministry of truth that's determined the government, whether themselves or outsourcing censorship to big tech companies, some of the biggest companies in the history of the world, telling them what they can say or not say uh, is, is Orwellian. I mean, it's just this dystopian, you know, hellscape that, that is not the United States of America. And so, I mean, one of my, you can tell us some of the stuff I'm talking about, taking on the administrative state, protecting the First Amendment. These are important things for us to address as conservatives and take to the Senate and what I'm going to be working on. Great. And I only have about two minutes left uh, with you, Senator Schmidt. And thank you so much uh, for coming on and for fighting these fights. And I know in the context of uh, COVID and looking not just at censorship, but so many people are so frustrated with the grant of immunity uh, liability for Pfizer and some of these other companies who blatantly lied to the American people about the safety and effectiveness of uh, the COVID-19 so-called vaccine. Is there any discussion about a possibility of repealing that and allowing the American people uh, not just to not be censored, but to actually get uh, a judicial remedy for the harms that may have been incurred? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, You know, I was, we were taking, I mean, Missouri, when I was AG, we filed the lawsuit against the vaccine mandate, took on the OSHA OSHA rule, and we won at the Supreme Court. I sued 50 school districts in Missouri for the forced masking of five-year-olds in one. So this is certainly something that's very important to me. You kind of saw this COVID tyranny uh, take hold across the country. And, And I've had good conversations with Senator Ron Johnson, who I know is very focused on some of these vaccine injuries. Right. And you're going to I think there's just going to be more that plays out here uh, because the government um, went out of its way uh, to hide a lot of information that is now coming out. And in addition to sort of, you know, some of those stories, but also when shutting schools down and locking, you know, and by the way, the guy in charge, Anthony Fauci, the guy was making a court reporter wear a mask in 2020. Late 2022 is the same guy that what yep. we're listening to and had you know candles. So there's a lot that needs to play out here. And, and, and we are almost out of time. And thank you so much, Senator Schmidt. Keep up the good fight. I'll join you tomorrow right here on AFR. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.